Day and welcome to the Pandemic Show. Stories of the Pandemic for people living in the Pandemic. No one is alone on the Pandemic Show. Thanks for joining us as we unite humanity through stories of hope, connection, and community in the face of the global pandemic. We are all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Thanks for taking a moment to like, subscribe, and follow the Pandemic Show on social media. Welcome to the Pandemic Show. Stories of the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. Today, we are transcending time and space to Ontario's royal city, Guelph, Ontario. Who are you? <laughs> I am Aaron Zirkla. Thank you, David, so much for having me on. Aaron, thank you for your time today. What was your life like pre-pandemic, before COVID-19, change the world. Pre-COVID, I've been in the Guelph real estate market as an agent for about 10 and a half years. So my grandfather and uh, great uncle, they were both heavily kind of involved in the in the market here in Guelph. It, it was always a thought that I had. Prior to that, I was in the action sports industry. I looked after kind of skateboard and snowboard stores for about 20 years. And then that market was really changing in 2010. I had a, very, a large chain store that was buying, at the time I had the license for a, a clothing brand called Atticus, which I know that you are heavily involved in music. Those are the guys from uh, Blink-182 started that brand. So I was able to get that for Canada for about seven years. And I saw that changing. And then at the time, a younger kid, I'd like to call him. I worked with him, Hudson Smith at Coldo for about five and a half years. He asked me if I thought about real estate and I had in the past, but that was kind of my, my golden ticket to start out was uh, to join a team that was already established. So that was kind of, and things were running fairly smoothly, Dave, to be honest. Pre-pandemic, our market in 2015 to 2017, we saw an influx of people coming from the GTA. They need an extra 500 square feet. You know, the my housing, boys are 20. Yeah. The housing market was just exploding before the pandemic. It was unbelievable. You were working in the real estate. You were spending time with yeah. your family, spending time with your partner. Yeah. And then March 2020, the pandemic strikes COVID-19, lockdown yeah. one hits, hits Ontario. Yeah. How did your yeah. life change day to day then as a real estate agent? Funny enough, there's obviously no agent open houses anymore, no public open houses. Everything became virtual. Well, thankfully you had systems in place where people on the team were selling stuff virtually. You'd show the house, you might have a condition that was accepted, conditional, like there's no such thing as a conditional offer anymore, but conditional upon viewing. What happened again, Dave, it just, come on, it drove the prices up and it's just, it, it, it's still happening. And I think I look at my boys that are 2020, 23 and 25. It's like, I know they're going to be living with me and Living inheritances are, are something that we're seeing more of as well. So I grew up in an Italian household. My dad was like, pay your mortgage, pay your mortgage. When I die, Aaron, you get this. Now it's like, hey, dad, your house is, you know, you, you bought it at 130. It's now worth 900, meaning not my dad, but it's just in general parents. So parents are pulling out. They need the help. Kids, I mean. Yeah. And the real estate market in that first part of the pandemic, like spring 2020, seemed a little mm. bit slow. Yes. People weren't really sure what was happening. Things were switching yeah. to virtual and online. And that took some time. I, I remember the housing market kind of not really blowing up in the Correct. summer of 2020. <laughs> but by December 2020, the real estate market was starting to shoot up. More yes. people, the beast, that housing beast of people getting out of Toronto was coming down the highway with the yeah. switch to remote. For so many people, so many more people had the opportunity to get out of large population centers into that yeah 
hobby property, that rural property, that seemed to be the trends. And the market was just starting to get, starting to heat up. And lots has happened since then. But but then, so the first year of the pandemic, you were doing real estate, things were yep. virtual, things were still moving along. The, the, the real estate bubble was continuing to blow up after December, 2020. But then going into your second year of the pandemic, you had a near death experience yeah. on yes. June 13th. June 13th. I will say this. My dad is currently 74. I got my first motorcycle in 2003, which was an 883 Sportster, Harley Davidson. I had 18 safe, amazing years just being able to ride with my dad, like, you know, trailer the bike to Fort Lauderdale, drive to the Keys, come back up. We did a big Sturgis run. 18 of us, my brother rides. I, I, I often get asked, will you ever ride again, Aaron? And my comment to that, to everybody is, I'm 47. I'm going to revisit that question when I turn 60. If I never ride again, and as silly as that might sound, I have 18 amazing years with my dad, with my brother, my brother's friends, newfound friends. I'm still in like two WhatsApp groups. Hey, kickstands up at 730. And my sense of humor is, hey guys, sorry, I don't have a front tire. Or I need a, you know, so just, just, I, I try and that's how I so, get through life. So you're riding your Harley yeah. with your family on yeah. a family ride during the yeah. pandemic, June yeah. 13th, and something horrible happens, transformational, something that will be affecting you for years, decades to come. Yes. You were driving and you were hit by a truck. So what happened? It was so, uh, we either go to Barry's Bay or Bancroft once a year with my dad, my brother, and my brother's friends. I remember the day before, the morning of, having breakfast, laughing with my dad. Um, I'm in the front uh, and my dad and my brother are behind me. So our fourth guy, he had passed two cars, but I stayed back with my dad. That's what, that's the last thing that I remember. And then from what I was told, we're heading south on between Bancroft and Peterborough. And then a gentleman's waiting to turn left. As he's waiting to turn left to go into a store, another gentleman, as he's exiting the road, his trailer just clips the back of the car that now is in my lane. He gets pushed in a month. So he did not turn from what I was told. Turn left. It's just, he was pushed, I guess, into the lane. So basically I had nowhere to go, but up and over. And at that, that's obviously what I was told. I don't remember any of that. As soon as I went, left the bike, like small miracle started to happen. As I am on the ground, my brother runs up towards me because my brother and my dad had witnessed everything. They were behind me. A young lady is running alongside of my brother and later finds out, sorry, that, that her name was Jacqueline, I believe, a 10-year firefighter, just off-duty firefighter up north. So I was able to chat with her. Um, I got home on August 18th. I was able to chat with her directly about mid-September, which was mind-blowing to me. I, I'm like a sponge. I want to know what happened that day because it, it has altered what I'm now finding out. I get along with everyone, but it, but it has altered. Uh, it's and altered so many all, people's and lives. not all heroes wear cape. Hey, yeah. we're so lucky that there was a off-duty yeah. firefighter there yeah. to support yeah. your family in administering yes. some emergency first aid. You were driving yeah. south with your family on a holiday, yes. a truck and trailer knocked into yeah. another car, which came into your lane. You yeah. were on your Harley. You yeah. couldn't avoid the car. You hit the car. You that you don't even remember that. No. And yeah. your family, an off-duty firefighter, come administer <laughs> emergency first aid until an ambulance comes. Yeah. Are you out of it for days or like what? Uh, yeah. So what I was told or have been told. So, yeah, I don't remember obviously what happened. I was told, you know, ambulance came fairly quickly. I think I was taken directly to Peterborough, but at some point I was airlifted to St. Mike's. So I don't know if I made it. I wasn't sure. Not sure how far the general store is to, yeah. <clears throat> to, the, to the hospital. The first memory that I can recall 
is intensive care at St. Mike's, but obviously very heavily sedated. The story that I'm telling, but you know, I'm just letting you know kind of where. Yeah, what yeah I, you. it's all still a yeah. blur to you. You're, you, it, you're yeah. This has happened so recently, just yeah. June 13th, 2021. <laughs> yeah. You wake yeah. up, you, had, you yeah. had a helicopter ride, you have an ambulance ride, you yeah. wake up in St. Michael's. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to all the healthcare professionals oh at St. Michael's. You saved our friend yeah. Aaron. We're so grateful. Yeah. You wake up in a hospital. What's yeah. the state of your body? Was there anything so the state, not broken? I woke up from what I was told. Uh, so I was in intensive care, St. Mike's. Uh, I think it was, let's say on the Tuesday. So it would have been the two days, uh, two or three days, sorry, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday after my, uh, my accident. So my first recollection was uh, I was intubated, so couldn't talk. Yep. Um, I, I remember, and this is what, uh, I remember seeing my youngest son, Sam's eyes and smile. So he has this look and it's like, so then I, what I was told. So now my heart rate is like, everything's kind of fluctuating right from what I think Sammy has told me. And the nurse like, Hey, let's keep him settled down. So I can't talk. So we're trying to, and then all of a sudden a whiteboard appears in front of me with a blue dry erase marker. <clears throat> so I, I'm trying to write, but I'm nodding off and he's trying to keep me. So somehow Dave, we managed to, to write out in blue marker province, like where? Cause we write, we've often written in the States. And unfortunately from what I'm guessing, it's like, what is this costing? Like, where am I? You didn't even know it, you were in Ontario. You thought you might've been in the States where this would be not just a catastrophic I, health issue, I, but a ca yeah. catastrophic economic issue with the yeah. weirdness of the American healthcare system. Correct. Exactly. Once again, I am so grateful to be like, yes, it is a very unfortunate event. And my mom, God bless her going back a little bit. So I've had 18 years of amazing riding and I will contribute this. My mom, I believe was, so she passed away in 2012, 63 years old. So it's very young, but you know what? I, at 63, I had, I have so many good memories with my mom, even passing at 63, that some people's parents are still alive and they don't get to talk or don't get to hug or don't, you know, they just don't. So it, to me, once again, I joke about it because this is where my kind of dark sense of humor, it's like, if I don't ride, it's, it's okay. I have, my memory bank is so, so amazing. A truck trailer yeah. hits another yeah. car into your lane. Yeah. You don't yeah. remember anything. Yeah, no. Uh, a firefighter helps you. Your family helps you. Yeah. You're, you you wake up days later, not even yeah. knowing what planet you're on. Yeah. Hoping, or yeah. excuse me, you knew what yeah. planet you're on, but you're hoping you're yeah. in Canada, not on the other yeah. side of, of the border yeah. where this could be an economic yeah. nightmare because your family yeah. holidays, they're quite often riding. Yeah. Now, yeah. your first vision is of one of your sons. Yeah, my youngest son. That must have been so powerful and such a relief to see one of your sons, but with COVID, people are yeah. restricted by access. So you didn't get to see both of your sons and your partner. You just got to see <clears> one <throat> son. And, but when you woke up, what? Yeah. And, and I should say, I am friends with Aaron from before the accident. Yes. I'm friends with his yeah. partner, Jen. Shout out, Jen. And yeah. <laughs> I was watching this unfold on social media, sending yeah. positive vibes. When I came to an intensive care, just to backtrack a bit. So I see my son's beautiful smile the braces that we paid for at a younger age really it really shone through for my first memory uh so then we're going back so province so he's like oh ontario so then i give him I'm, what he tells me thumbs up then i'm like it was uh i think i was oh who meaning and he's like oh who was in the accident i'm like so then i found out that it was just me in the accident and i think at that point dave i think I, then i started to tear up 
So I'm not able to talk because I'm intubated. So, but we're doing this motion back and forth. And then what is what, what I a scary say, feeling? Yeah. What a scary feeling that must be waking up, not knowing where you are, seeing one of your loved ones, but then wondering yeah. if everybody else is okay. Wow. Yeah. As soon as I guess what Sam has brought back to atten- my attention is, is that conversation really set the platform. The more that I, and, and talking about it does not, it actually helps me. And I've said this since day one. If anybody will listen, I'd love to talk about it because it is truly inspirational. So with province, we're in Ontario, thumbs up. I've got a group chat with, because my, my sons both live with me, um, 22 and 25. But I'll, you know, group chat, like, hey, night, love you. So every once in a while, and you might have to bleep this out, but we'll talk about it later. It's like, so I, I'm in the hospital and I write out I, but E-Y-E, and Sam's like, I, oh, I, so I, I. I, in blue marker, I'm writing out F-U-C-K. So I spell because what I say to them every once in a while is I effing love you. So, I, so I'm writing this out and Sam finishes. So I'm writing out the I and he finishes love you. So. Powerful. Waking up that, from a, yeah. waking up that, from being unconscious yeah. for days, incubated. Luckily yeah. having the ability to use one of your hands to attempt to write a message a caring message to your son and then he helps finish it was it a sense of relief was it a sense uh, just an overwhelming sense i can only imagine Um, so and i'm only going by speculation because it's like did it really happen didn't it but sam did confirm so he all i can and i'm i guess if it's true or not i'm holding on like when I was unconscious on the pavement, not knowing that I was David, but I tell, you know what? I hung out with my mom for one minute and she said, Aaron, you've got too many hugs to give. And you know what? It's like oh, an wow. insurance policy. Oh, so, powerful. So I, and that's, that is, that is the story that is my story. I, I grew up in a religion, you know, a household full of religion, but I am never, I never preach about it. And I'm open to anybody's. I, I just, I love, I love, I'm like a sponge. I want to know about her. I want to know about you know, yeah. and it, I, I'm not judging. It's not my place to judge. And I get that from my mom, but it's uh, to see so him. Powerful. Yeah. So powerful that your memory after everything stopped yeah. was of being with your mother for a moment and your mother <laughs> with her comments of you have more hugs to give redirecting yeah. you back to this plane yeah. of existence. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. But just to have my son now talk about it. I, I remember what I want to remember, Dave, is, is his smile going, I know my dad's in there. At what yeah. capacity was I at, you know, was I at 15%? Was I at 20? Like the ongoing joke is, Aaron, you were never 100%. The, <laughs> many broken bones. You required yeah. extensive surgeries. Yes. But what was your mind like? That's what everybody was. Yeah. That was the yes. million dollar question. And then it, luckily, luckily, knock on wood. <laughs> It was there, obviously still all of the challenges around concussions or or whatever head trauma you're dealing with and you're still trying to explore memories that aren't there, but cognitively it was a bright light. It wasn't serious brain damage. It was, it was things that could be worked on and then over time will hopefully resolve themselves. Could you just give us a list of broken bones? Yeah. From what I was, have been told. So my pelvis totally was shattered. My uh, left shoulder is reconstructed with a ton of hardware. When when Jen, so go, going back to the cognitive, and you'll get a kick out of this. So, um, I I was told so Sunday scans, no brain trauma. I guess during that point, or I think let's go with that. As I 
my first surgery. So accident Sunday, I think first surgery might've been on the Wednesdays for pelvis shoulder or maybe back. And then Friday. So there was a, I had about 13 days, I think after the surgeries where I was totally out. So In intensive the, care they're yeah. they're like fixing your body. Yeah. Yeah. And you had some back yeah. operations. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so Jen took me down to Toronto for my first kind of uh, checkup after leaving on August 18th. So mid September I did on a Monday, I did pelvis shoulder and then I did spine on the Friday. So, but leading into the cognitive, so there was no, I, I, I went to the brain, sorry, the trauma floor at St. Uh, sorry, at Toronto rehab Institute. So we'll get to that. So no trauma going in as I woke up, that's sort of like, Hey, you know what? Cognitively, we we're not happy with where he is. So we're going to put him on the trauma floor here at St. Mike's. And then when he's transferred to Toronto rehab Institute, we'll keep him there rather than let's say an occupational floor. So <clears throat> Jen would be, so first to go back, I'm allowed two caregivers, one per day. So we can't do half and half. Jen, who will be together six years this November, basically had, so if my son, Kale or Sam weren't going to Toronto, then Jen could then appeal to go on one of the days that they, my boys weren't going because we're only allowed two on that list. Um, And that's a COVID, that's a COVID restriction. People aren't yes. allowed to have visitors, but people in serious conditions that need a caregiver are allowed one person. What a tough space to be in it's, for your family, obviously yeah. for you with all the broken yeah. bones and the yeah. and the memory loss and all the yeah. lingering health problems that you'll be dealing yeah. with for years. Thanks for listening to The Pandemic Show. We're all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.com. Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing The Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the pandemic for the people of the pandemic. Do you have an interesting pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the Pandemic Show.